Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome into the family room. We are so glad to have you join us today. As always, I'm Mari and I'm here with John. Hey, John. Hey, Mari. And Craig. Hello. And we are so excited because today we have one of our favorite guests back and we are thankful that he is actually going to become a regular guest. So some of our listeners may have um, gotten to hear him in March. We had Father John Bartunek with us in March and he's going to continue on with us um, uh, for this show and then for several others because he's such a wealth of knowledge for us. Um, but we're today we're going to be talking about, we're going to continue on with some of the essential elements. Last time we talked about prayer and sacraments, and today we're going to talk about um, mission. So mission, when you guys think about mission, what do you think about? Just the Great Commission, you know, go mm-hmm. out and make disciples of all nations. And the uh, conviction if you will, it's like, do I really do that? Yeah. You know, and it doesn't mean, you know, thumping the Bible every five seconds, but really thought, word, and deed is, is if you, if you followed me around, am I spreading the right word? Am I building the kingdom? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, it's a bit convicting. Yeah. That's cool. What about you for you, Craig? We all have a mission to learn to be more like Christ, to bring more people to God by our lives. But our individual missions oftentimes are very different. Yeah. And I think when I think of it too, you know, I can look at Father and think, well, I wish I was more like him doing what he's doing mm-hmm. or like John or like you or whatever. And it's it's learning to become humble enough to simply say, God's got me on a different mission path mm-hmm. and I have to be willing to accept that and be okay with it. Yeah. And if it's a prayerful mission or if it's a evangelical preaching to people mission, or if it's just contemplative mission, just really doing what God asks, which is trying to further the kingdom. So I think it's kind of multifaceted. Yeah, I think that's great. And I love how you express that it really depends on what God is calling each one of us to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people don't think about the fact that lay people have a spiritual mission. You well, know, right. We think right. about the mission in our our business. I teach people how to create their business missions. And when we hear that scripture that you brought up, John, right, um, that we are called to go out and make disciples of all men, we think, oh, that's what priests are supposed to do. Or that's what the early disciples and apostles were supposed to do. Oh, that's what the book of Acts is about. But we don't do that today. But we are supposed to still be doing that, yep. each one of us. Yeah, and we have, we have. You said it best. We have a lay mission. We have, there's all kinds of different missions. But I, I think the thing we're called to do every day is get up and go to work. That's our mission. Yeah. Right. So what are you doing at work? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, are you representing faith, Jesus? Faith, faith, yeah. Faith in the workplace. In work in the faith. Place. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So why don't you? We're talking about him and about some of what he's going to yeah. talk about, yeah, but yeah. we haven't actually introduced him. Do you want to introduce him? Yeah, he is no, such a absolutely. good friend of yours. Um, you know, again, listeners, you've heard Father Bartunek. You've heard his unique story of not being a Catholic, then becoming a Catholic, then becoming a priest. And he shared a story about his family. And like we said, he's put together the five essential elements of Christian discipleship. We decided to kind of go through each one of those, let him unpack them. And then as a part of the show as well, we're going to do a Q&A with him because some of you listeners have really submitted some pretty incredible questions, I think, as we review them. And Father has, I mean, I think there's a lot of good information that can be shared there on how we grow in our faith. But in relation to prayer and sacraments, mission, learning more about our faith, 
growing in virtue, and then fellowship and relationships. Mm -hmm. So over time, we're going to unpack all of those. But like Mari said, you know, today we're going to revisit a little bit the prayer and sacraments, and then I think we're going to look at mission is how mm -hmm. we're going to do it. So without my big mouth blabbering, Father, <laughs> welcome back. Thanks. Great to be here. How have you been since our last show, by the way? You okay? Oh, yeah. Been good. We, last time we recorded it was Lent. Now it's Easter. Easter. <laughs> so, you know, our 40 days of Lent have conceded to 50 days of Easter. So Beautiful. I don't know when you'll be listening to this out there, but <laughs> we're in the midst of the joy of Easter right now. Yeah. Yeah. So because you can be listening live right on the radio or you can go into our podcast and our podcasts are available either on our Quest Atlanta app or actually now our podcasts are available on Spotify and Apple iTunes and all the rest yep. of it, right? So that's pretty cool. Father, we usually have John pray, but since we have you here, would you please pray with us? Sure. For us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of our lives and the gift of our faith. We thank you for the gift of this technology by which we can share our faith with each other across great distances. We ask you to bless our time together, bless our words, open our minds and our hearts, and open the minds and the hearts of all those who are listening. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Before we go into the hardcore portions of this father the last time we were together you had a cool way to remember the five essential elements using fingers could you just walk us through that again yeah. and that and then i think then it'll be we'll kind of i don't know that i feels like that would be a good way to start yeah probably because i'm kind of remedial and it'll be a good review <laughs> i would be happy to do that review that and i think that actually answers one of the questions that came in which was what does holiness look like right. in 2023 how can the average person strive towards holiness? When we're talking about the five essential dimensions, elements of our Christian life, we're talking about that pathway. It's like five roads in one, a five-fold path. Mm. And holiness looks like moving forward in the right direction on that path. It's that simple. It's not an end game. It's an ongoing journey with the Lord. So those five essential elements, um, if you hold your hand up, you know, you hold your right hand up. Uh, kind of just put it up, and your thumb is closest to your heart usually, right? So the thumb reminds us of the heart, which is prayer and sacraments, our relationship with God. That's the heart of everything, our heart in Christ's heart. And then your pointer finger, that's what you use to point. That's mission. You are chosen. You are sent. Go make disciples, right? So you point, mission. We're all called. We all have a mission of spreading Christ's kingdom. Uh, and then the, the middle finger, which is the tallest finger, it always makes you think of discovering more, seeking the things that are above, learning mm. more about this, you know, kind of infinite treasury of our faith. And then the ring finger is your weakest finger. Mm. Uh, so we always need to grow in our strength. Uh, strength in the Latin word underlying the word virtue means strength. All right. So growing in virtue. Christ-like virtue, strengthening our virtues. And then the last, the little fingers, the little one, and by ourselves, we're very small, right? So we need to journey together with others. We need fellowship. We need friendships based on the faith. We need relationships based on the faith so that we can, uh, we're not called to be lone rangers. There's no lone mm -hmm. ranger Christian, mm -hmm. right? So those are the five essential elements. So, and, and the thing is, we're never done with any of them. Like God is always kind of leading us and we're growing in each of them. And, and to be growing in them and to be aware of them, be intentional about growing in them, that's what it looks like to be holy, mm. to move forward on this path of, of relationship with God. Thank you. Yeah. So last time you talked about prayer and sacraments. And once again, listeners, if you'd like to go back and listen to what Father Bartunek shared on that, we had a wonderful discussion around that. And that is um, 
you can look in the podcast and you'll find it on March 22nd. You'll find that show. But today we wanted you to break open for us that second one, the pointer finger. <laughs> Anybody here in the studio would have been laughing because we were all pointing our fingers at each other. Like, go, you. I was deep in thought, concentrating oh, on Father while y'all were playing. Yes, John was in, in his contemplative state. Craig and I were. I mean, John was playing guns and shooting people. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just throw it to you. Is there anything from the first conversation that we do need to think about, especially as we move into the second conversation? Or do you want to jump right into the second conversation? I think maybe let's jump into the second one. Let's okay. talk about mission. And then sure. some of the questions do touch on prayer and sacraments. So we can maybe go back yeah. and right. then okay. do some questions. On that. I think that, that might sounds, be a good way to do that it. That sounds great. That sounds great. All right. So mission. Yes. Yeah. So again, central element. If you are a Christian, you are called to be a partner in building Christ's kingdom. Christ came to establish and spread his kingdom, and he decided not to do it just by himself. Yeah. <laughs> he decided to create a church, to send his spirit into the church, and he is at work in the church, in each one of us, spreading that kingdom. Mm. Every single one of us. Uh, we all are called to do that. When, when St. Paul uh, had his conversion moment, everyone remembers from the book of Acts, mm -hmm. yep. uh, he was blinded, knocked to the ground, and our Lord said, why are you persecuting me? What was Paul actually doing? He was persecuting Christians. Yes. And the Lord said, didn't say, why are you persecuting my followers? He said, why are you persecuting me? So Christ himself is present in each of us. We are the body of Christ. So in a sense, we're each called in a unique way, in our own way, to continue the incarnation, mm -hmm. to continue the life and the mission of Christ. And that's how we help spread the kingdom. Uh, this is There's a sacrament that's dedicated just to this, uh, to give us the strength for this, which is the sacrament of confirmation. Confirms us, strengthens us, makes us firm in our faith so that we can be courageous witnesses of Christ. Mm. We're all called to be witnesses. This is the biblical category that um, kind of best expresses mission, to be a witness. You know what the, the word martyr comes from a Greek word, which means witness. So the martyrs are the ones who bore witness most dramatically to the truth of the gospel. They, they adhered to it so passionately and so firmly that they wouldn't give it up even in the face of death and torture. Yeah. Right, so we're all called to be witnesses. That's kind of the, oh, the, like the overarching thing. And then we could dig in, well, what does that actually look like right. for us? You know? right. So I don't know. Any comments, though, before we do that? You know, what strikes me is, and you, you mentioned it, and we're coming up on Pentecost again during this taping. The whole idea, though, that, you know, at confirmation, we are to be animated by the Holy Spirit to go do something, right? And I think we miss that. I think so many of us are in our heads in either learning the data, but it doesn't animate us. It doesn't hit the heart of who we are. Explain a little bit more about the whole Pentecost experience and explain a little more about how do we unwrap the gift of the Holy Spirit that we now are gifted enough to live the mission life that we're kind of asked to go do? Yeah, okay. That, that's a great question, I'm sure. You probably have some thoughts on that. I can see I, behind I the question <laughs> itself. Uh, but actually, one of the questions we got from a listener was related to this. It's, uh, if we receive the Holy Spirit at baptism, why is confirmation necessary? Right? So what's the story? It's like, well, there's actually, so that the grace of the sacrament of baptism is to kind of, that's when we get grafted onto the vine. We become branches of the vine. The divine life, grace, 
is, is introduced into our fallen nature. And so redemption begins. We're adopted into God's family. We become his sons and daughters. Uh, and we also become, as a result of that, a temple of the Blessed Trinity, mm. which means the Holy Spirit does come and dwells within us. God himself dwells within us. We become a temple. I, uh, all right, I'm going to share this, this historical story. Uh, it's, it's my favorite image of what baptism really means. Um, and then we'll get to confirmation. But there's a story uh, in, in the early years of the church, in the third century, when it was still dangerous to be a Christian because waves of persecution would happen. And if you didn't worship the Roman gods, you could be enslaved or executed uh, as an enemy of the state. And so uh, there's a, a newlywed couple. And after they were, they were together only you know, less than a year, and then he, he was a Roman soldier, Roman legionary. He was sent off to the borders to fight for the empire. Uh, and while he was gone, he was gone for a couple of years. And while he was gone, his wife discovered she was pregnant and she had their first child. And in the meantime, she became a Christian. She made some friends. She became a Christian. She was baptized and she had their baby baptized. Mm. Of course, it's dangerous to be a Christian, right? right? And the husband was gone. And so he comes back two years later and she was really nervous about whether or not, you know, what to tell him. Should I tell him? You know, what's he going to, I don't know if he's going to be happy with this or not. So, but she says, well, I have to tell him. So she, you know, after they, they have the reunion, they're back together. And she says, well, you know, while you were gone, I became a Christian. And I also had our child baptized as a Christian. And she was really nervous. What's he going to do? How's he going to respond? And uh, he stood up, very stern look. And he walked over to the crib, the, where the cradle, wherever the, the baby was. And he knelt down besides the baby, beside the baby and started to pray. Uh. He started to pray. And the wife is, what's going on? What's going on? And then he gets up and he comes back and says, what happened? He says, well, I've heard, I've heard about these Christians. I know that when you're baptized, the creator of the universe comes to dwell in your soul. Uh. And so I was worshiping the creator in the soul of our child. Wow. Oh. That we don't is even a do powerful. That. We... <laughs> that's a wow. Power. But that's, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. And that's the dignity of being a, a child of God. Yeah. That's what happens at the sacrament of baptism. We are adopted. God comes. He comes to dwell within us. That's this is a big deal. That is beautiful. It's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, that story. What? How beautiful. So listeners, if you are just tuning in, you are here in the family room and we are here with Father John Bartunek. And as you can tell, if you just heard that story, he has a beautiful way of making our faith so real and so um exciting and you just want more of it as you do that you know as you were telling that story the other thing i thought of was the power of of a prayer to soften somebody else's heart because i'm sure that as she was waiting for her mm. warrior husband the soldier to come back that she probably was praying oh gosh yeah. you know god make him be ready to hear what i have to share this is really kind of this is big and huge and i don't know if he's going to throw us out or what yeah. he's going to do about this and so his heart was prepared in that mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. during that time and just that the the power of prayer in that i think is just beautiful yeah that yeah, yeah you can imagine yeah. you can imagine her you know and those wondering when he's going to come back i mean they didn't have cell phones maybe he will never come back you don't know maybe he got yeah, killed true. in battle you yeah know? so yeah. praying for that yeah definitely, definitely i was also waiting for the punchline that that baby grew up to be some saint or something like that <laughs> uh, maybe did good chance yeah yeah so, so that's the the grace of baptism is that grace of adoption the whole the the seed of grace is planted in the soul the grace of confirmation 
um, is a grace of strengthening. So it's a, what, what the church calls it a special outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we see this in the book of Acts. You know, the apostles, uh, Pentecost was different from, you know, the Last Supper was different from when they first got their call from Jesus, mm -hmm. right? So, so there is, there's a different grace. So it's not that the Holy Spirit comes because he wasn't present, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit are poured out in a special way in order to kind of equip you for your mission. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you're a baby, you're not really engaged in your mission. You're called still. You're, you know, you have a mission. But then, when you when you come to a certain age and you take responsibility for that, then God gives you more gifts. He gives mm -hmm. an outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so that's kind of that's that's the distinction between the sacraments. Now, this question that came in uh, is interesting because you know they ask if we receive the Holy Spirit baptism, why is confirmation necessary? In Eastern rites some of the Eastern rites, you receive baptism and confirmation on the same day. Oh, and is it as an infant? Yeah, as an infant. Yes, okay. exactly. So, so, you know, we in the West, we tend to, to separate them um, and have a period of preparation where you grow in your awareness of your Christian identity, and then you, you claim it for your own, and then you receive the confirmation. But the grace, the graces that are received, that are received through those sacraments are distinct and you can receive them at the same time, but they're distinct. But it's a special outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we could talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit for, you know, hours and hours. Yes, that's one of my favorite topics. Well, <laughs> I think it begs two questions. One is like, it's good to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how St. Paul clarifies, hey, there's different gifts for different people, right? But even backing up one step to what you spoke of, Father, like we were just reading um, the readings for the Ascension. And what caught my eye in Matthew was the apostles went where to the mountain where Jesus commanded him, I'm not going to get it right. And, and they, and they saw him and they worshiped, but they doubted. That hit me yesterday. I was like, time. bam, mm. yeah, they, yeah. like, here's the, here's the chosen. Right. And, and they worshiped. So they knew they had that fundamental, but they mm -hmm. doubted. Mm -hmm. But, and then my question is, well, so if they doubted, well, how did that band go out to do what they did to build the church, right? And it has to be the Pentecost. It has to yeah. be the Spirit, yeah. right? Yeah. The Spirit really is the engine, right? The source of the energy and the courage for us to do what we're called to do, yeah. uh, to conquer the world for Christ. You know, I mean, there's no way we're going to do it without the Holy Spirit because yeah. there they were doubting. Yeah. You know, is this for real? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And just reading the book of Acts, I was reading it with a group of women recently. And to see Peter and to see the fundamental change in Peter in just a few weeks it it mm. just it was so apparent what the Holy Spirit was doing because that wasn't just Peter, right? It wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden he went and got a PhD and he you know, all of this. Mm -hmm. But at the crucifixion he was he was denying, he was afraid, he was shirking away, he was not on mission at all. He was trying to hide in a dark corner. And then just a few weeks later, yes. the Holy Spirit comes upon him and he is marching right into the middle of <laughs> this everybody. Jesus who you people crucified. <laughs> you crucified. Yeah. He is calling him out. He is telling the truth. He is on <laughs> fire. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah, that obviously came was from a, in a supernatural way. But what's so amazing, I think, to, for all of us to recognize is we have that same Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that inspired Peter to come out from the shadows and walk into the light with such purpose and conviction and fire. We have that same Holy Spirit and we are called as well. But I don't think we either mm -hmm. know or understand because something else struck me when you said when we go through confirmation, it's it's we have this more important with the Holy Spirit, right? Um, 
with these more graces, but we also, it's where we're formed. And so I think, okay, Craig, you were talking about sometimes we, we were in our heads around it instead of our hearts, but I think there's sometimes we're in our hearts, but we're also, we're not in our heads. We're not really learning what we need to learn to walk forward in that truth. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point. It, you know, there's, there's a challenge here from the point of view of Christ and of, you know, the church, the church's worldview, so to speak, the most important thing about being human is that we are children of God mm-hmm. and we're called to build his kingdom. Yeah. Like, that's what really matters. Everything else is going to, you know, just get rolled up at the end of history and not matter. And yet in today's culture, even among Christians, oftentimes, uh, you know, our faith is just one sector. You know, that's mm-hmm. the Sunday part or, you know, I'm Catholic. and But the real stuff of life is building your career, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, enjoying traveling, having new experiences. So so there is a there's a disconnect there. So something mm-hmm. has to happen for us to actually discover that, oh, no, actually, the real thing that's going to give meaning uh, and lasting meaning and fulfillment and what I'm really created for is relationship with God and to help build Christ's kingdom. Yeah. That's that's everything else is extra. Everything else comes in, you know, is related to that. It's not just one sector. So sometimes when and I don't know what your experiences were, but when you were confirmed, you know, not all the kids when they're confirmed, they haven't all had a, like a felt transformative experience of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. So they receive the sacrament but they're not kind of necessarily activated. Like it might, you know, God might not really feel like a real person for them. It's just kind of a cultural thing, a family yeah. thing, right? So that happens. 100%. Um, and, you know, there's a mystery there. I think uh, you can't force that felt experience to happen. But there is a, a phrase that you hear sometimes, baptized in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think the best way to understand that phrase is there are times when God gives us an ex- a felt experience of his presence, of his power, of, of his love. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a before and after in our Christian journey. Uh, and so that's something to pray for as well. And that's yeah. something that can happen um, outside of the sacrament. Mm-hmm. Like the sacrament is heaven, so it kind of prepares the soul. The gift is there, but it gets activated at different points. You know, when an infant's baptized, the grace is there, but they're not aware of it. They're not mm-hmm. aware of anything, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so there, there's a mystery of how, uh, of how grace works in our lives. But when you go on retreats, when you go on uh, mission trips, when you go on a pilgrimage, those can be moments when, this, when, when the activation happens mm-hmm. and it becomes real for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then that can un, kind of unleash some of these graces. Right, uh, right. But there's, you know, you can't really predict it. It's kind of how God works. You know, um, and it's interesting as you say that what keeps coming to mind for me is we all have different semantics about what we say about that, right? So I think some of our Protestant brothers and sisters will say, well, when were you born again? Right, right. right. And we're like, what, is that? what does that mean? Or um, are, you the, are you saved? And as Catholics, oftentimes we don't have the language to answer. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you talk about when, when was this really activated for you? Well, I was baptized at a few weeks of age, right? I was actually baptized at St. Peter's in the Vatican at a few weeks of age, right? And then I lived on a Catholic island. So I had all the angels and saints on every village, you know, so I had all of that. But it wasn't until I was 23 and I went through confirmation, but I was kind of rushed through. It was mm-hmm, cultural, mm-hmm. like you said. But it wasn't until I was 23 that I was invited to go on a cursio. Mm, okay. And I made a cursio. 
And I will say that is my line in the sand. That yeah, is when it was yeah. activated for me. That is when my life totally changed and my life, my mission became clear for me mm-hmm. and I realized mm-hmm. what I've been called to do. Does yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. It happens in yeah. different ways in different places. Right. Uh, and, and I think, so that ties back into the fact that we're all called to be missionaries. Mm-hmm. We're all disciples in mission. Um, so one of the, one of the aspects, what we're, what we're called to do by bearing witness to our faith, once God becomes real for us and we, when we bear witness, we can actually be catalysts for that type of thing to happen for other people, ah, right? Someone say. organized yeah. that cursillo for right. you, right? And someone invited you, mm-hmm. right? So that invitation, that's someone living their mission. Yeah. Someone giving their testimony in the cursillo, someone organizing it, that's someone living their mission. Yeah. And in living their mission, that's what God used to activate things for you. Right. So we're all called to, to do yeah. that, to find ways. To know, grow to, the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, to grow the kingdom, yeah. to spread yeah. the kingdom. Yeah. Well, and I also think we need to be really aware for everybody listening, you know, um, we can look around and see the dire nature of the society we live in today. The apostles stared at the exact same thing same in thing. a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and God's promise is he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit even more so during those times. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be wide awake and aware that ask for it. Ask for the Holy Spirit to be alive and ask for not just the experience, but the true you know, I've I've called it being kissed by God, hmm. where I guess there's this indelible mark on your heart mm-hmm. forever that says, he really does love me. Even though I doubt something because something bad happened in my life, you still come back to, no, he really does love me, cares about me. And he wants us to be so full of that Holy Spirit that we're willing to go out and simply give somebody a smile, give somebody whatever, when everybody else is running around with a chicken like a chicken with their head cut off and you seem calm and you seem relaxed, we aren't taught to ask for the Holy Spirit to keep growing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a failure on all of our parts. We need to understand that as as confirmed Catholics every day. What are those gifts? And Lord, give them all to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. you got I, I call them the standard gifts, and then you got the charismatic gifts. And we've been taught the charismatic gifts died when when the apostles died in a lot of cases. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've seen it. I've done it. God wants us to get the whole package mm-hmm. and unwrap mm-hmm. that gift. And it seems like we need to start asking. Yeah. And he wants us to live life and lived it abundantly. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. So we're heading into our commercial break, but I just wanted to make, mention real quickly. So one of the things that you said was it's, it is very simple. And I, when I went to that Curcio when I was 23, I was afraid of the whole witness. That didn't make sense to me. And somebody said to me, what it means is make a friend, be a friend and bring that friend closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is witnessing. And that's what you just described for mm-hmm. us, Father. Mm-hmm. So listeners, you were here in the family room with Father John Bartunik. Please stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Healthcare providers should care about health, right? Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's healthcare services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not healthcare. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States. 
with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. We are here with Father John Bartunic talking about the essential elements, and we've done, uh, we're on mission right now and we have a tradition i think mari you would like to have some uh we want to hear another family room memory yeah don't we? i would love to hear another one last time we were laughing not laughing we weren't laughing crying. We, we were, were crying. crying there we were tears crying. <laughs> <laughs> last time father's family room memory was so incredible um that literally we were all we were all in tears here but so if you want to hear that one once again we go back to march 22nd that episode um but father we know that you had a wonderful family um growing up and so we'd love to hear another family room memory of yours yeah so we've been talking about the gifts of the holy spirit right so yeah. gifts and presents and so we always had our christmas tree in our family room and my dad uh, i think his love language was probably gift giving and he never did the test or anything of the five love languages, but right. I think, yep. right. and he loved Christmas. He loved, he would do uh, all the presents. And my mother had passed away when we were pretty young. So he would do all the presents and we loved to get them, of course, as kids. <laughs> uh, and, and he had this little thing that he started doing. He would have a, you know, a particular gift for one of us. And it would say, you know, to John from Ronald Reagan. You know, or from Clint Eastwood, you know, and, and then so the, the gift itself would have something to do with that person um, indirectly. 
but it was really interesting how he kind of got into it like that. Like, like there was a, this is for you from this important person. And I remember, I still remember it was, it was just, it made us so happy. And we knew he was kidding and he was, but to, but that he took the time to think right. about it, to make that connection. Yeah. And then to make us think that someone that rich and famous and important <laughs> might even know my name and send me a present for Christmas. Right? <laughs> I have very fond memories of opening those presents. And I think it, it links a little bit to what we're talking about. You know, the, the gifts that God wants to give us so that we are equipped to know him better, to help build his kingdom, which gives us great joy mm-hmm. when we when we actually help do something that's going to have eternal uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. That's what we're made for. That that's more fulfilling than you know being successful in something that's not going to be inter- eternal, right? So I think uh, that's a fam- that's a, a family memory I have of just getting those gifts from important people, and I think it ties in with a little bit what we're talking about yeah. today. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very mm-hmm. cool. So do you want to, uh, since I did not do a great job of explaining the standard gifts versus the charismatic, would you be a lot more theological and break <laughs> those apart really kind of so we everybody understands the difference? Yeah, sure. Should we do it in Latin? Do you want to? Uh, <laughs> oh. No, no. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm making my way through English. Just no, let's not confuse it. So, yeah. So there, there are uh, what some theologians call the Christocentric gifts of okay. the Holy Spirit. These are the, the, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that actually are kind of poured into our soul, like the, the, the abilities of our soul. So we all get them. We all get them. And they're meant to kind of uh, turn our souls into, uh, uh, enable them to live on the wavelength of God, enable us to receive constantly inspirations from the Holy Spirit. And these, everyone gets them. So these are wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's that gift which enables us to taste God's goodness. Like it's, you know, there's something so good about God uh, and we're able to taste it, wisdom. And then the gift of understanding, which helps us grasp what God has revealed and the connections between the different truths that God has revealed. Uh, You know, the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, you know, like to understand that, to understand what that means, what that tells us. It's a, there's a gift that it kind of opens our mind. And the gift of knowledge, which also enlightens our mind in order to see all things as God sees them. So wisdom, we taste God's goodness, understanding, we, we, can, we can grasp what he's revealed. Uh, and then knowledge, we can see all things, uh, the world, ourselves, as God sees them. And then there's the gift of piety which enables us to experience God as Father and all people as brothers and sisters. So it, it really kind of touches the heart. It gives the heart an ability to relate right, to God and to others in that way. And then there's the gift of fear, fear of the Lord, which is a gift. It's like a warning sign. This is going to separate you from God. Mm. That's a warning sign. It's like this instinct. Oh, stay away from that. Something's wrong there. I'm going to, st- I'm, you know, to avoid temptation, to avoid sin, to avoid the destruction. Uh, fear of the Lord. Fear of being separated from God. It's like an instinct. And then uh, there's the gift of fortitude. As oftentimes, it isn't easy in a fallen world uh, to be faithful to God, to build his kingdom, to obey him. And so fortitude strengthens our soul. It gives us, uh, strengthens our willpower so that we can endure. We can take up difficult things. We're not, uh, we can be courageous. And then finally, there's the gift of counsel which is sometimes it's really hard to know what to do. 
Mm. It's really hard to figure out what's what's the best thing to do, what's the right thing to do. Life gets really complicated in this fallen world. The gift of counsel helps us work through that. It, it, it kind of enables us to be moved by the Holy Spirit to work through difficult situations and make good choices. So those are gifts that kind of inhere in the soul. Uh, and when you look at the lives of the saints, you see how they it becomes second nature for them okay. to work through difficult situations, you know, to, to to be courageous in the face of difficulty. It seems effortless for them, right? That's the, the action of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, now then there's this whole other side of charismatic gifts. Can I ask a quick question oh, yeah, about sure. those first? Are these the ones that are listed in Isaiah? Are these the seven yeah, that are listed yeah, in Isaiah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those okay. are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it's interesting they're called Christocentric, but they're actually listed in... The Old Testament. Yeah. And then one that's one of the uh, prophecies yes. of yes. the Christ, the Messiah. Right. Because Isaiah has all the prophecies. Be anointed by the Spirit. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And okay. so that's actually used, I think, in Matthew. Okay. That quote, this is the Spirit. You know, this is the one. And oh. the Spirit came upon him. And Very cool. Kind of, yeah. So it's okay. all connected. But the, the reason that the theologians call it Christocentric is because those gifts in and of themselves, they unite us to Christ. Okay. So they are, like, they're, they're given to us in order to help us become holy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas the charismatic gifts aren't given for that purpose. Mm -hmm. The charismatic gifts are given to, to, to people so that they can build up the church, build up the body of Christ. So charismatic gifts like prophecy, uh, like the gift of knowledge, um, even get the gift of hospitality, the gift of, uh, of performing miracles, mm -hmm. healing, right? Mm -hmm. These are, these are different. The, the, these even are gifts that are kind of given according to God's plan but someone can receive that gift and it can be active, but it doesn't make them holier. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. It actually, it's a gift they're given so they can serve the Other church, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's why you have, so for instance, the founder of my religious order received a charismatic gift of a charism, the legionaries of Christ in the church, but he didn't live up to it himself. Mm. And he ended up living a double life, causing great scandal. So he's never going to be a saint. But the church has said, but that was actually an authentic gift. And so, you know, so the order still exists in the church. The church has approved it, but it didn't make him holy. Yeah. He yeah. transmitted the gift, but it didn't make him holy. Right? He, well, he didn't live in accordance with it. So the charismatic gifts are different than the Christocentric gifts. Right. Uh, and, and I think it's important to recognize uh, that there are different types of gifts in mm -hmm. that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're all called to be holy. We're all called to grow in Christ-like virtue. And, and some of us receive uh, other gifts as well. And you can discern those. You learn what those are. Uh, there's even some, uh, you know, some types of retreats you can go on to kind of discern your own spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and some some people have, you know, and there's a wide variety. St. Paul doesn't give an exhaustive list. Mm -hmm. He gives a list of these are some of them, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's not exhaustive because yeah. the right. Holy Spirit, it's, there's so many. Every religious, every founder of an order um, has a new, you know, there's a new charism which is given to the church. And so... We yeah. could talk a lot about those different things. I don't know. How no, I mean, that covered it, but what it tweaked in me was the passage where people came up to Christ and said, hey, we did all these things in your name. We prophesied. Mm -hmm. We right. did all these things. And then he says, I right. don't even know you. Uh, right. right. What, so you, right. Yeah. what do you mean you don't yeah. know me? I did mm -hmm. these things in your name. You didn't feed the poor. You didn't do what, the will of the Father, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I love, I'm glad you clarified because I know I can get caught up in the, well, if you got the gift of healing, you know, because you think the great saints, a lot of them had that. Right, right. You equate the two. That holiness with the gift. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's almost like the holiness came from the Christocentric yeah. that manifested in the charismatic and, again, yeah. brought yeah. the holiness to the forefront, right? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times... 
And when you when you look at Christ preaching, it was his miracles that got people to pay attention, oftentimes more than his preaching. But it was those miracles that solidified the this guy is very different. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can discount the miracles. No. But I think we need to focus as much, if not more, on what's God asking me to do today. How am I going to live that life? And you know, just love the people around. Here's a post-COVID thought. You can be a carrier without demonstrating any of the symptoms, Mm. but the symptoms can be in the person that you encounter. It's like totally secular, but not kind of any way to think about it. Put a mask on. Thanks, John. (laughs) So what's interesting is... My soul? Okay, boys. Um, So so we're talking about, um, we're talking about mission. And so as you say that, one of my passions has always been helping people figure out their mission is exactly what you were just talking about, Craig. We, these gifts we're given are the gifts we're given to be on this mission with, right? But what I realized, so it was interesting in my secular life, um, I was just uh, in another city doing some work and I have a new colleague I just met, a delightful, delightful woman. She was baptized Catholic, but um, she doesn't, she doesn't follow her faith anymore. And um, I was, I started for some reason, I don't remember what came up, but I started talking about the spiritual gifts and, um, Mm. she was fascinated by the spiritual gifts. And I said, well, I've taught people about spiritual gifts and there are different ones online you can take. And she said, I'd love to learn my gifts. And, uh, you know, and I said, well, if you were baptized, you do have the gift of the Holy spirit. If you were confirmed, you, those were strengthened within you. And what I realized is I was talking to her and, and I went to look for some spiritual gifts assessments. I remembered one of the essential pieces is you really need to do those assessments in uh, with reflection of what is your current state of relationship with God, because they came from God and they're used for God and his purposes. And so you are still a vessel, but they are stronger depend and they're more clear for you, depending on what your current relationship with God is. Are you praying? Are you listening to him? Is he helping to direct the mission of your life? Because otherwise the question, as you answer the questions, they may or may not make sense to you. Um, they may not may not be clear. So, Father, do you have any thoughts around that? Because I think people would love to hear about. Oh, yeah. So, what's my gift? What gift did I get? And what do I do with it? And yeah, um, I, I do have some thoughts. I'd like to actually kind of step back a little bit from the specific gifts for a moment and talk about uh, in, if we're going to use the gifts at the service of our mission. Well, let's talk. Well, what what do we what is our mission? Right. It's not just the use of the gift, right? The gift Perfect. is in the service of the mission. The mission is a mission of evangelization. Yes. And evangelization means it doesn't. It, there's three different kind of levels, uh, and this is you know in the catechetical directory, right? All the official documents of the church. There's bringing the gospel to those who have never heard it before, mm-hmm. and you can also qualify those who have heard it but have rejected it, right? So those who aren't believers, then those who accept the gospel. There's uh, evangelization includes initiating them into the Christian life, into the sacraments, into prayer, into the life of the virtues, so that they can, you know, kind of become an adult Christian, right? And then third, there's uh, the third aspect or the third dimension of evangelization is sanctification, which means making holy, right? So I can become more holy. I can become, uh, I can grow, I can grow in my communion with God. I can grow in holiness. That's kind of what we're talking about, mm. um, the five essential elements. And also, I sanctify the world. I make the world a place that uh, is brighter with the light of God, with the light mm. of Christ. I make the world, I influence the world so it's easier for people to encounter Christ, to live as God made, made us to live. 
It's kind of a cultural transformation yep. thing, right? Sanctification of culture. All those things are evangelization, uh, right? So if I'm helping to do that, evangelization means bringing the good news, eo logos, the good news, right? Bring it around. Um, the, the, the gospel is the English translated God spell, the good news, right? So, um, so we're spreading the gospel in those different ways. So someone who um, discovers that they're really good at teaching the catechism mm -hmm. and they dedicate years, decades of their lives to catechizing kids in a parish, that's actually evangelization. Like they're helping the initiation of those young people into the fullness of Christian life. So that is a way of living your mission. It could be, right? Uh, that's just an example. So uh, the way to, the, one of the easy ways to understand how I evangelize, how am I called to evangelize, uh, we're all, I, I use the, the three W's, you know, which our sound engineer pointed out. That's also every web page starts with three W's. So anytime you type in a web page. Uh, so the first one is we all evangelize, evangelize by the way that we live. Mm. Do I live like Christ? Am I patient? Am I hardworking? Am I responsible? Uh, am I dependable? Am I generous? The way that I do things, the way that I do anything can be a witness. We've all met people. You mentioned it earlier in the show, Craig. Um, we've all met people who, gosh, there's something about them. Mm. They're just, there's some they kind of have a glow. Mm -hmm. They kind of have a presence that's encouraging. And, and that's, a, that's a witness to live. Imagine St. Joseph working on his projects, fixing the wheels, you know, building the things and the way that he did it, his dedication, his humility, his, right. Yeah. That's a witness of virtue. It's a witness. That's how we're supposed to be as human beings, right? So our way of doing things. And then our words, our words, telling people about Christ, but also speaking in ways that build up Right? Our words, St. Paul talks about this frequently in his letters, our words should always build up our neighbors and build up. Words are powerful things. You know, all the, all the animals, all the mammals, we're the only ones who have language. Mm. Others have sounds, and they can, but we have language. You ever been hurt by a comment that was hurtful? And yeah, how long right. that can last and yeah. how painful that can be? Well, on the same, our words are a way that we can either spread the goodness of God, the truth, uh, or not. Okay. So you're saying that when we said, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Was <laughs> yeah. a lie? That's that a, a lie. Flat out lies? <laughs> that was a defensive rhyme to make them think, right, that I wasn't being hurt. Uh, but I think that's important. So, so when we talk about words, it's not just telling people about Jesus, but it's also telling people about Jesus. I love the example you just gave, this new colleague who's not practicing her faith, mm -hmm. um, but you, you found a way to talk to her about something that stirred up an interest again. Yeah, We have to be on the lookout for those opportunities. I remember a friend I had in my first year of college uh, who was Jewish, uh, and I was Christian and, you know, very open about being Christian and uh, invited this person to come to church and like, no, 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 no. And, but we had a lot of conversations. And I said, well, why don't you read this? Why don't you read that? And eventually he became Christian, like a lifelong Christian, you know, mm. became a Jew for Jesus, right? Mm. So that we are called to be able to explain our faith and to invite and not to be afraid uh, to do that. But then, so we have our way, our words, um, and then we have our work, our work, mm. our work, our works, what we do, how we make an impact on, on the world. And here there's a great variety. John, you mentioned earlier, you know, I go to work. And if I'm 
like that work itself can be contributing to the good of humanity. It should be. Otherwise, I should be doing some other work. Right? <laughs> but to offer that as an offering to God, as a sacrifice to God, like we all share in Christ's priesthood as, as baptized Christians. So my work becomes an offering. And at the, at the offertory of the Mass, when we bring up the wine and the, and the bread, those are symbols, right? Those are fruit of the vine and work of human hands, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands. Those symbolize all of our work. So that's why, you know, when you meet people, oh, I go to Mass when I want to, you know, but I don't go every Sunday. Well, you're missing all that opportunity to bring all of your work from the week to offer it to God, to sanctify the world through your work. And then works like like this uh, like this radio show. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you know, this isn't your job, uh, but this is something you felt called to use this means to help spread the faith. That's also a work, right? Or, um, or serving the poor or going on a mission trip. Those are works as well. So our way of being, our words, and our work. That's, we all can do that. Uh, and that's how we evangelize. Uh, and, and that can take different forms. But I think that's a nice starting place, you know, at least those three W's. Yeah. So if you've been listening, you're listening to Father Bartunik here in the family room talking about mission and how we live it out every single day through our way of life, our words, and our work. You made that so um, succinct, tan- yeah, and tangible. <laughs> like we can actually sink into that. That's yeah, so helpful. Yeah. Flo, you you have a. I mean, I know you know this, or, <laughs> but you have a very, you have a great gift for that, right? Yes. So how you think and how you express those, it's it's easy to follow from point one to point two to point three. So we appreciate that, and I'm mm-hmm. sure our listeners do. So thank you for that gift for sharing that gift. Yeah. I have an odd question for you though. Because when we started this, we talked about your gift of preaching, teaching, writing. You've been called not to do that in your new mission work through through your order. So talk about that a little bit in light of being obedient to God hmm. and mission. Because sometimes we're asked to pivot. We're, we're searching for all these gifts. And God might say, all right. I need you to go do something different. So how do you explain that in your own life? And how did you kind of, other than the fact that your priest has been living it a long time saying, okay, God, whatever you want. And that kind of would put me on the edge of what are you doing to me? What went wrong? What didn't I do? You know what I mean? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, on, on a natural <laughs> so. level, right. I, I think, I mean, I think I understand your question is, so, you know, my, my natural wheelhouse is preaching, teaching, Correct. writing. Correct. Writing. And my current assignment under obedience is I've been asked to leave all that aside uh, and serve my order, kind of my, the men in my order, to support my communities and uh, the other priests who are in my order. So I'm not doing the writing. I'm not doing a lot of preaching, not doing the teaching. Uh, and, you know, how do I deal with that? That's yeah, kind of your no, exactly, How do I yeah. see that? What, what is God doing? Uh, well, it's getting kind of personal. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, let's just go there. <laughs> but it's a good question because I think probably uh, most people have the experience. You know, like, gosh, you know, I, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels at times or I'm not sure, you know, I think I'd be good at this, but I have to do this. And I think people can probably relate to that. Uh, for me, this new assignment is I'm only in my third year. Uh, and And one of the things I've noticed is that being pushed out of my comfort zone uh, has changed my own prayer life. It's changed my own mm-hmm. relationship with God. I've had to I've had to wrestle with encountering my own limitations in new ways, uh, and that's you know I, I have to wrestle with that you know and and bring that to prayer and and so it's actually I think it's it's part of how God is continuing to you know sculpt me and mm-hmm. and help me grow in holiness. 
Um, there's also a sense of there's a new challenge in, okay, well, I, I, I know what some of my strengths are. How can I put them at the service of this new type of work? Mm-hmm. How can I work from my strengths in this new type of work? <laughs> and that's, that's a new experience as well. Um, so there's a sense of uh, kind of a sense of adventure with that, but also a sense of depending on God, because, you know, I, I don't know how to play the violin, you know, but you're asking me to play the violin. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Let's, yeah. You know, try to do it. So I think there's uh, so for me that that's how. But I see my with my vow of obedience, I do have the advantage. I know without a doubt that this is what God wants me to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I trust that I don't always see it. I don't always feel it, but I trust that he, you know, he's working things out. Yeah. You, you know, what reminds me, I was another Legion priest, Father Lino talks about um, everything that we get, every task that we get, every project that we have is a project that is given to us only because God desires that to be a way for us to draw closer to him. Mm-hmm. So when you said what I've had to do is change yeah, my prayer yeah. life, I'm like, apparently it works, yeah, right? Yeah, because, yeah. and then we, we all so often get caught up in the project and then we tell God to help the project go the way we And he's like, really the project is there so we can be together, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That was. Yeah, what struck me in what you said, and I was wondering about this, and then you said it was, has it caused you to rely on God more right mm-hmm. and that's that's mm-hmm. another way of getting closer right, to god right. through our prayer life but also you. when we have to rely on him for mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. you know you were so good the gifts you were given and you've been using them so well the that your words came easily the mm-hmm. work came easily right the way you actually were living with all of it came easily but now you're putting this this new role where the words probably don't come as easily and the work yeah. itself doesn't come as easily so you have to rely on God is that Yeah, I think you're right. It's also it makes what you're just saying makes me think of again, we're getting kind of personal here, but hey. Um, <laughs> it's a family know, room. It's a family room. That's it. It's what happens. Uh, you know, the when w- the miracle of the loaves, right? When yeah. the apostles bring five loaves and two fish, mm-hmm. right? Which is hopelessly inadequate to feed what, you know, 15,000 people, probably 5,000 men and all the other people who were there, hopelessly inadequate. And so when I'm working from my strengths or I'm doing what my wheelhouse, but I'm doing God's work, I, I, I've noticed that sometimes I can begin to think, oh, I'm making it happen. Yes, yes. I'm, you know, I'm saving souls. You know, <laughs> I'm doing building the kingdom. Well, not really. I'm a, a junior partner and God is working with and through me, right? When I'm out of my wheelhouse, I realize more easily, all I have are five loaves and two fish. This is totally inadequate, <laughs> totally inadequate. But that's what you're asking. So I'll give it to you and trust that you're going to make things happen. Gideon. So it's a little, it, I think it ties in with what you're saying, because yeah. it's a little easier to recognize, well, God is the one who's doing it. Yeah. You know, when I'm not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to end there because um, you've given us some, some great things to think on and to ponder and to see how this applies to our own lives. But um, we are so excited. We're going to have you back again. And listeners, you're going to probably get a chance to hear Father Bartunik about once a month or so with us, mm-hmm. which we are so thankful for. Father, would you please close us out with a blessing? Gladly. The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father John Bartunek. Thank you, listeners. Please join us again here next week in the Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.